Hello listeners and welcome to another very special Who Corner to Corner podcast. My name is Paul and as ever I'm joined by my fabulous friend Mr Jeff. Say hi Jeff. Hi Jeff. But not only do we have Jeff in our studio today, we are also delighted to be joined by none other than Swarm himself, Mr. Sam Spruill. Hello, Sam. Hello, 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 hello. hello. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like I should be speaking in the Swarm voice, but I mean, it's near as damn it to mine. So. It's, it's coming through already. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the chills already creeping up my spine. I mean, it's, it's, it was so identifiably recognisable. It's, uh, it's really chilling. So yeah. Yes, oh, uh, good. But good. Well, it wasn't that <laughs> but, far from my voice, but I think we were kind of keen yeah. to use whatever you could when you're covered in so much um, prosthetics. You know, you you yeah. s- you start really thinking about what you can do with your voice because you can do less with your face. In fact, you know, yeah. even though the makeup was very um, mobile and moved with our faces a lot. You, yeah. We had teeth, we had eyes, so we kind of concentrated on the voice quite a lot. Yeah, the, the, the teeth were quite extraordinary, weren't they? <laughs> Did you have to wear a thing yeah, for those, I know. something in your face for that? Yeah, I mean, you, know, you, know, they put, they, you have to have your teeth scanned. This is what they do now. They stick yeah. almost like a camera in your mouth and really? scan your, t- your teeth line and your gums and everything all the makeup of your mouth and then they make a mold from that it kind of all scans into a computer and they make a mold from that and then yeah they just turn up on set and you put them in and off you go well that must have been comfortable yeah (laughs) i mean really actually uncomfortable this is the funniest thing because with this character um brilliant as he was as much as i liked him he wore cuban heels so it was really hard to walk (laughs) he i had I had big gold teeth on, so it was quite hard to talk. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, purple um, purple uh, eye contacts in, so it was quite hard yeah. to see. Yeah, and yeah. the entire kind of purple head went over my ears, so I couldn't hear very well as well. So all, oh, wow. the, all the kind of senses you needed yeah. for acting most, which is about listening, seeing, being able to walk, all the rest of it, they were all taken yeah. away. So yeah, it was um, almost sensory yeah, it was deprivation then in that case. It was, it was. And sometimes you just think, am I talking too loudly? Am I talking too quietly? Um, am I looking at the right person? I can't quite see them, <laughs> you know, but that was just, um, that was just, you know, that was just the, the name yeah. of the game on that job. That's what it is, yeah. So can you tell us, Sam, how, because we'll, we'll, we, we'll talk a lot about Swarm in just a moment, but... Um, I'm quite interested. Sure. To, quite interested to know how you got started in acting. How did you discover your lack, a love of acting, and what route did you take to get there? So right well, back to the very I, beginning. Yeah, right back to the very beginning. Well, my mum's an actress, so I grew up around it. Yeah. And she's primarily a theatre actress, although she has done Doctor Who. And, um, and she, yeah, she's done lots of different telly, you know, all the usuals, Holby, Casualty, Coronation Street. But she did about a few years ago, she did Doctor Who when Peter Capaldi was the doctor. And, um, and I think had a very, uh, had a lovely time. And I think went to Tenerife with it as well. So um, she got a kind of nice trip to the sun as well with it. Not 
Uh, nice. You know, because I was a bit miffed because because of COVID, Doctor Who yeah. was really going nowhere for this last yeah. season. So the last uh, it couple was, of it years was really strict. Abroad, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but um, so it was with my mum. Really, I grew up around it, and then I I wanted to do a whole load of other things like all kids do. Um, yeah. Uh, primarily, I wanted to play basketball professionally, but uh, I realised that kind of 15, you have that realisation that all the other people being picked and you're not, and you're also not going to grow <laughs> to six foot six. So, um, so that was out. And then I joined the National Youth Theatre, and that was really where I thought, oh, I could do this, mm. you know, I could take this quite seriously, and um, which I do. I take my acting very seriously, mm. and uh, and I really kind of learn. Um, I don't know, a kind of methodology around that time to approach character and approach my work mm. in general. So, um, yeah, the National Youth Theatre was a huge uh, thing in my, my life, really. And not only kind of um, was a coming of age for me in terms of just being a teenager, but um, mm. also really, yeah, set me on the road to kind of thinking that I could do acting for a living. And what was your first big break then? How did you transition into the big time? Uh, I mean, the big time is hilarious when you put it like that. <laughs> but if we are going to call it the big time, the big I suppose, time. Um, I suppose, yes, exactly. I don't feel I've ever hit the big time, but maybe one day. But I, <laughs> I, um, I was, I finished university and I managed through the National Youth Theatre to get an agent. And my agent, um, mm. I went up for a couple of jobs. I did a short film with a guy, a director called Miguel Sapotnik, who's now the kind of lead director yeah. on the new Game of Thrones. And, uh, you know, just when the people were starting out, you know, and I managed to get involved in a few things. But then I went and they said, my agent said, no, you've got a meeting um, uh, with Mary Selway, who is a really famous casting director, brilliant, brilliant casting director, who sadly died yeah. um, over 10 years ago now. But um, but she said, you've got a meeting with Mary Selway and um, a director called Catherine Bigelow, who I hadn't heard of. Um, oh, but, right, uh, yeah. Yeah, who, who I hadn't heard of them, but who's, you know, obviously... Um, uh, directed the Hurt Locker, um, which I was did a small part in as well. But she was directing a film called K nineteen, The Widowmaker, and I um, went and met her and the producers um, in a really posh hotel. And again, and I think I remember having the meeting when I had just had my wisdom teeth out as well. So my <laughs> jaw was massive. I'd had awful wisdom teeth, but somehow. Um, I looked Russian enough for them yeah. to cast me on this Russian sub. And it was six months filming with alongside, you know, firstly Harrison Ford and Liam Neeson, and yeah. then mm. um, other other really great actors, um, Peter Sarsgaard. Um, oh, there's loads of great British actors in that as well, whose names yeah. have just escaped yeah. me, but really, really kind of really good people. And it was six months of filming which felt very glamorous but also felt like a film school you know and because I really uh, learned a lot on set there and then um, yeah that's brilliant and yeah and that was really that was when I thought oh I'm I, I can do this I can mm. act in front of camera and I was expecting to do lots of stage work but really it shaped those kind of that first year kind of shaped yeah. how I thought thought about myself as an actor and I went off and 
I've done quite a lot of film and telly really since then. Yeah, I, I was I was going to ask because I I met you um, when you were doing Doubt at the Chichester Festival Theatre a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, is that the first yeah. bit of theatre that you've done in a while? I, I wanted to ask kind of how much you you do on stage or whether it's more. Yeah, I don't do that. Was the first there. bit of theatre I. Yeah, that was the first bit of theatre I'd, I'd done in five years. And I oh, tend wow. not yeah. to do a lot of theatre, but um, but I, you know, I, I, I really love doing it. And I also um, feel like uh, you have to go back to it to keep yourself, um, I don't know, just to keep a kind of muscularity yeah. about your acting. God, that sounds pretentious, but it's actually, keep it, keep I do memory. believe in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And keep you, and there's a kind of different concentration. You know, you have to concentrate yeah. for a lot longer. Yeah. On the whole filming, the takes a maximum three or four minutes. Mm, but, yeah. you know, to concentrate for an hour and a half, really, when you're on stage is really fantastic to do and, and to, um, to practice that, really. Mm, and, yeah. uh, and I love doing, I love working down in Chichester when I saw you. I love doing that play Doubt with Monica Dolan. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, um, it was a really, yeah, really fantastic experience. But back to filming now. I think I'll leave theatre alone for a bit. <laughs> we should probably tell that story, actually, shouldn't we? Because um, how, how you two kind of came together and the reason we you know we managed to put this podcast together was purely on a chance encounter through di- it, it through was. Jeff's day job wasn't it <laughs> yeah yeah so um my friend freddie got booked to to film uh, at the at the Chichester theater and we do quite a bit of live streaming kind of live editing and things so he asked me to get involved and i was doing the live edit and things and i you know didn't really know what we were doing you know just you, you turn up and you do I didn't know what the show was or anything we got there and, I, and then I, I realized you know you were in it Sam and and I said to the guys oh this is going to be good you know Sam you know I said he was in Doctor Who and he was absolutely brilliant and unfortunately my my camera friends are uh, you know they're a bit heathens and they don't watch Doctor Who so I, I had to show <laughs> some pictures them. I mean so, shame on I can't believe you're working with it well, I, do you know what? You know, yeah. I, I, I'd ask questions there, Jeff, yeah. to be honest with you, mate. Why are you guys here? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I hiring you? And um, I showed them some pictures of Swarm, and, and they said, well, he, he didn't look anything like that. <laughs> I said, well, of course <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, and then I said, oh, I, I've, I'd really like to go and, you know, say hello and just tell you how great you were and, and things, and plucked up the courage, and then we had a little chat, and just before, we, well, you were, you were getting ready for the uh, evening show, weren't you? Um, yeah. and, and then the, so that's kind of how it came about so yeah it's total total chance a bit like when uh, we spoke to Bavanisha Palmer recently who, who uh, plays yeah. she has his sister on the show and, and I completely by chance bumped to in, into her in Soho when I was filming some stuff with presenters a couple of years ago and, and then oh, we sort of been in touch through LinkedIn so yeah it's it's funny you know where what what work you know where it can lead and who you can meet and things so yeah but, but yeah you've got to take was, advantage of it yeah, you know, I, you know I would, you've got to I make contacts, have... and it's nice. It's nice that it's nice to uh, be able to do this podcast. You know, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's brilliant, <laughs> and we're really grateful. And in, even if you know nothing came of it, just to have been able to say hi and say in how, how great you know you were in the show was, would have been enough. You know, so well, so yeah, yeah so brilliant. um, let's um let's talk a, a bit about Swarm before we go go on to some other stuff. Mm. So, how did the role come your way? Uh, well, I'll be totally honest. It was offered firstly to a brilliant actor called Paul Ritter, 
who um, who has since died and he um but he he's in friday night dinners he plays uh, martin the dad Mm. in that he's an absolute but he's an amazing he was amazing stage actor and kind of one of my acting heroes actually yeah he did Chernobyl, on, he did he, what? On, on TV. Yes, Chernobyl, yeah. But which was a, yeah. astonishing. Really yeah. dramatic. Yeah, yeah. And he's done tons of stuff. Anyway, I, kn- I knew him a bit and I um, really, really liked his work. My agent called and said, listen, Doctor Who have been on. They've um, offered you this part of Swarm. It was going to be uh, um, for Paul Ritter but he's not feeling well and he's very, he's actually quite ill. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't know, none of us knew that Paul was going to um, yeah. pass well, away. He kept it very quiet, but didn't he? I think so. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, but anyway, I, I said to my agent almost immediately, well, if it's good enough for Paul, I'll do it. <laughs> and, um, and really, so, so that's all I knew of it. And then I spoke to Chris Chibnall and he explained the character and he gave me some, mm. I didn't really know what the look of the character was going to be, or, mm. but I did, right. he gave me some really interesting character notes, which are almost too grown up to reveal, I'm afraid. It's kind of less uh, family really? friendly oh, character notes. But there were really, no, we we're just kind of like, we kind of identified yeah. some kind of, um, uh, I guess, some global villains that yeah, he okay. thought yeah. most um, most uh, mm. represented Swarm, and then we right. had chatted around those characters, and that was really yeah. interesting. Yeah. And um, and then before I knew it, I was up in fittings, uh, getting kind of um, prosthetics on, and seeing you know if my it, it, it would all glue on all right. And they were still kind of shaping the kind of look of the character. Mm. And then I was in a read-through. So it was a very kind of um, quick um, mm. quick turnaround. And I, I knew um, Jodie, so that was really nice. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it was a very kind of, um, yeah. And, and I actually had also worked with Rashenda, who plays Azure, my sister yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. And so it was, um, it was really nice to kind of be working with those two and, um, That's great. and getting on with it, you know. And also, it's just a kind of jo- Doctor Who. It's yeah. it's it, it 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 has so it represents so many things for mm, so yeah. many people. Mm. But it, as an actor, it's a lot of kind of um, good, clean fun on yeah. the on the on, <laughs> on, on as uh, on the face of it. There's other stuff, you know. There's all kinds yeah. of stuff that is talked about and goes into it. But, you know, as I say, I was wearing, I was dressed as a matador with a big mm. um, blue skull stuck to my head, you know. Very so, demonic so matador, it was, it, it has to be said. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. But it really gives you a chance to kind of yeah. push the boundaries of character. And I really enjoyed that. So we've got a question from uh, Akioni on Gallifrey Base, uh, who said, so what in- informed your acting choices in, in playing him? Um, and a cynical archivist who's on Twitter says, were there any other characters that influenced your performance? Um, I mean, I would hope that all the characters I came into contact with would influence my performance because that hopefully means that I'm doing my job you know I mean you want to um you want to be acting and reacting is the kind of 
basis of it but yeah you just want to be present and you want to be alive yeah. and reacting off people who are doing stuff in the scene you know so all those characters um you know uh, we are shaped by whoever we come into contact with so that's the same for swarm but i think um in terms of um the first question it was really chris chibnall is the it was, I think he's, he's now, it's now, um, who's he being replaced by again? It's Russell What's T. Davis now, isn't it? Russell yeah. T. Davis, yeah. So mm. Russell T. Davis. But Chris Chibnall at that time was the showrunner, and so yeah. um, it's his creation. You know, I, I put flesh on the bones, but mm. he writes it. He, he has something in his mind that he knows he wants. So it all came from Chris, really. And then, you know, I think about stuff. I have kind of flashes of imagination and creativity, which I might put into the character. Yeah. But it was mainly Chris. It, it's, it's a brilliant it's, character. And yeah. oh, sorry, Paul, uh, genuinely, like I said to you, Sam, um, when, when we met, the, the best villain in, in Who in in just years and we we put out a tweet saying we were chatting soon and if anyone had any questions and so many people just said just swarm just awesome and and they absolutely you know love the it, yeah. can, I, can i just just say actually just picking up on that point that you raised jeff um and, and also sam as well because you, you kind of mentioned that you had a conversation with chris about different you know figures who may exist or who you know have, have existed in, in history some really terrible people who we're not going to mention but and one thing I have noticed um in Chris's writing is that he is he is extremely good at picking out the real um the, the really horrific sides the darker sides of uh, you know of personalities mm. and some of his more monstrous demonic creations have been very recognizably human even though they are yeah. dressed up in in a lot of prosthetics and for me personally that was one of the things that really kind of resonated with swarm you know no matter how grotesque he looked how alien he looked he very much felt like he could be somebody that i that I know or could know, and thankfully I don't know anybody like Swarm, but there was a reality to it. Do you know what I mean? Like a, like a yeah, grounded earthiness, despite mm. the alien quality. Well, I think that's also just um, trying to that that trying to act well, you know. Which is mm. uh, so. Of course, you have all these character traits. You have um, the size of his personality, the size of his power, you know, his universal mm -hmm. power to bend time and, and what have you. But, um, I, uh, in the end, the scenes are just him talking to someone else and vice versa, you know? So you, you, yeah. so you don't, you have to, you have to kind of keep, um, keep it real. And yeah. then there are times where you need to kind of talk or you need to grandstand and then you can up the size of your character. But especially with the doctor, a lot of mm. the stuff is very intimate. So you just yeah. play the intimacy. You don't need to play anything else, you know. Well, th but that's, um, you know, I felt very much with, with Chris's villains that um, uh, they're, they're, they're quite brutal and, and mm. horrible and you know, vicious without being kind of physical. You know, there's there's no kind mm. of knives or fighting or anything like there's that. There's a lot you know, of psychological manipulation the, going on, yeah. isn't there? Which I love. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Again, you and can maybe he's interested in that. But I've been playing a lot of these characters for quite some yeah. time now. You know, I I um, I'd hope that um, 
you know, when I, I kind of create as, as I try and create anyway, I don't always succeed, but I try and create a kind of rich psychological makeup for mm. whether, for whoever I'm playing, you know, whether yeah. they be lovers or I don't get those parts though, um, <laughs> or, 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 or villains or whoever, you know, you're trying to, yeah. um, you're trying to make these people human, even if, uh, or, or certainly relatable, you know, mm. in a human way, even if they've got a big purple head and um, yeah. wearing a matador <laughs> outfit and got huge gold teeth, you're still doing the same thing. You need people yeah, to yeah. invest in these people and they won't. They're re people are really quick to kind of shut down if they even get a whiff of yeah. um, something that isn't believable, you know, or mm. an emotion that mm. doesn't ring true. Um, or you, or that you're not reacting with the other characters, say, not reacting to Jodie's doctor, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I think that can, um, I think, uh, yeah, you've just got to keep it, you've, you've got to keep it real. That's what I try and do with all my acting. I, as yeah. I say, I quite often fail but sometimes succeed no, no I don't not at all that was do you like I, I hooked you in no sorry you no, did no, and we no, fell no, for it but we're yeah, happy yeah, time, yeah no I loved it I loved it it was a brilliant I need to see you guys every day keep my confidence up. But, um, but, ego uh, endorsement by Paul and Jeff yeah, yeah. exactly our agent now but you do, you do, you know, it is good to hear. And I do think that the way um, the character has been so well received in the fandom says oh, uh, man, in a, a huge amount yeah. for, for your work on it and your, your performance. Um, so I've got a quick question here from, from uh, Safe Space Who on Twitter, who says, how long did the process take to get in costume and get all your, your makeup on? Well, the costume was quick. It was because... <laughs> It was thermals because because yeah. uh, Cardiff Studios in uh, Cardiff BBC it's Studios a bit bloody freezing, yeah. and then yeah. it was and then it was a kind of suit trousers, matador shirt, jacket, and whatever they wanted. But that was pretty quick. And mm. then, uh, but um, before that happened, it was yeah the application of the big purple skull head, and yeah, uh, yeah that was. Uh, a bit of a nightmare in the sense that if you were filming at eight, um, you needed to be uh, starting that process at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, wow. So we needed four and a half hours. But um, whenever I complained, I then had to remind myself that the makeup artists who were mm. applying it had to get there an hour yeah, before. Well. Yeah, so, exactly so, um, so if I was starting at half three, they were always starting at half two. And suddenly half three seems much better than half two. <laughs> so, um, so I, yeah, I try to keep it stum as much as I could, yeah. you know, but, um, but uh, yeah, it was a long process, but actually it kind of always went, we were kind of mm. often, um, uh, Roshenda playing Azure, she was sat next to me being made up as well. So there was yeah. lots of chat and we were on yeah. our phones and we were reading yeah. books, you know, all the like, so it just passes. And the rehearsing makeup lines. artists uh, rehearsing lines a bit, but I think <laughs> yeah. you know, on the whole, on the whole, we kind of knew our lines by that stage. And yeah, we kind of yeah. think it was also. I think we were just too tired. We just kind of, kind of let them get on just, with it and just, just switch off chat rubbish yeah, until we had yeah. to concentrate. But um, 
but yeah, it was uh, Ellie and Ashley were doing um, were applying the prosthetics, and they were mm. really fantastic people. They were so young and so talented and so yeah, kind of yeah. wise and interesting to talk to, and both from a kind of a Hull and Grimsby. And in yeah. Grimsby, what I didn't know is that a really amazing prosthetics uh, training college there. And so oh, they right, had both right. been to there at the same college and then yeah, yeah had, um, were working at Dr. In Grimsby, who would, who would ever have thought it? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a I know. Yeah. Amazing. Know. Right. Apparently it's famous. Is yeah, it? I've never yeah. heard of that, yeah. We should have to get those and guys. We'll check it out. I could be wrong, but I'm almost sure I'm not. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. We you should can, chat, chat to them. Put a link to um, it. When we spoke to Pete Levy uh, the other week, and we talked about about you, and he, he said you were a real trooper. You were in mm. before everyone else, and and leaving after everyone else with, with the makeup, and you know, really kind of, mm. uh, you know, c- committed to it all, which which was great. Um, Paul, yeah, if you well, if you've got another a question, I, I'll uh, let you. I do, yeah, because I I just want to just dialing back a little bit to the the personality of the character, and you know, kind of finding Mm. finding the performance in the prosthetics and the the writing and everything else. And I I just kind of want to say, or or ask, I suppose. Well, I want to say that there were some wonderful, almost they they seem to me to be choreographed movements. But I wondered how much of them were choreographed. For example. There's um th- there's a lot of scenes where there's you and Roshenda and is it Jono playing passenger, isn't it? Mm. The three of you yeah. just dominating a space and walking almost in unison with such power and glamour and you know kind of borderline campness almost yeah. and yet dominating yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. I just wondered, did you kind of rehearse that ahead? Did it just kind of happen on set or how did uh, that I come? Just, no, I just we like to add about yeah. I was going to Go say, on. yeah, going on from that, there's a bit when you're in the, the Temple of Atropos and you're standing against a, a pillar and, and you've got oh, one, yeah. you a foot on the floor. And all. Yeah, and you're like that. And it's just, it was so cool. It was such a, a good pose. Well, I think, I think per, I, I'll talk about us as a group first. Yeah. And I think we did kind of um, just fall into a kind of rhythm of movement. Mm. And I think... Um, both me and uh, Roshenda playing Azure. It's so funny. That's like a phrase. Roshenda playing Azure. <laughs> um, she um, she uh, and I kind of discussed how we wanted it to be. We wanted it mm. to be camp. We wanted it to be glamorous because our costumes were so yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. Our kind mm. of makeup. You know, she had crystals coming out of her yeah, head. Yeah, that, that you know, crack I mean, in it her was, head is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. So we kind of, you know, that dictated how we were going to be and move and, mm. you know, um, I was wearing Cuban heels. You can only move a certain way in Cuban <laughs> heels, you know. And then, I've never and tried then, them. Uh, I'm going to have to get them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it will it will make you camper and more glamorous instantly. <laughs> My but, kids have loved that. But I think for, for myself also, yeah, I was wearing a kind of Matador's outfit. I wanted mm. to have that movement. I wanted mm. to have that a kind of a bit of Latin flair. And so... Um, that was, yeah. That was that was how it kind of materialised. How I moved, how I stood, yeah. And um, and also sometimes you've just got to think, oh, is this too much? And they can always either edit it out, yeah. Or they could, the director can come along and say, oh, I think 
a bit too camp now, you know. Yeah. Or Cut it out, Sam. We don't want that. Too, yeah, Cut it yeah. out. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, on the whole, they didn't. And that was quite good. I mean, yeah. there was a few bits, you know. We did, I remember one bit. Yeah, me and uh, Rashenda. I said, I don't know whether you remember when Trump was in power and he I'm did his to State it, to of the Union. Yes, no, of course we, of course. <laughs> uh, sorry, I don't. Of course we remember when Trump was in power, but I, what I, I don't know whether you remember this specific yeah. thing was his, I, one of the his State of the Union address, and he finished it, and then um, Nancy Pelosi behind Pelosi, yeah. him did this yes did this kind of famous um applause which was like that it was kind of full of irony mm. and kind of it was kind of a, it was an applause it that viral, showed her disgust it? Yeah. yes mm. it did and so i said to um Rashenda one day i said we've got to, uh, this bit i think we should start the scene off doing a nancy pelosi applause and um Brilliant. and she agreed to it and i yeah. thought it was great but it didn't make the edit you know, but we try, we try <laughs> all those kind of things. So there's two of us yeah. where the camera pan around. There's two of us both going like that, you know. Fantastic. And, uh, I'd love to see so, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but it, it, it never made it, unfortunately. Nah, it must be in the outtake somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I'd like to talk in a moment about um, working with Jodie and everyone, but we've got a question here from uh, uh, Dana Kay on Twitter. Um, she says, was Azure really supposed to be Swarm's biological sister? Or was that term used to mean a more general sort of friendly relationship? So is that something that you talked about with, with Chris and uh, Rashenda and, you know, kind of yeah, I mean, influence things? I, I, and we didn't talk about it that much. I assumed that she was my biological sister. Mm. But also, there's a certain amount of theatrical license with that storyline. Mm. And, yeah. and also, we would kind of, sometimes we would hold hands and be a bit creepy brother and sister yes. as well. Oh. And, uh, and um, you know, so which I always, I don't know how, <laughs> again, you see, I was always trying to up the creep factor as well. So yeah. I don't know how many of those hand holding uh, bits that we they kept in, but certainly we did it, you know, because... We just wanted it to be. You now I get some thinking about also those um, twins from um, what's the Stanley Kubrick film? Oh, The Shining. The Shining. Uh, the Shining. Yeah. Mm. You know those two twins. I think yeah. they're holding hands at the end of that corridor. You know. Yeah. So just trying to kind of do stuff like that, which would kind of um, up, 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 up the, the level of creepiness. And all yeah. This. Yeah. I just want, I've got a little story So about the Shining twins. There. So we were in a, a comic mm. shop a little while ago, and my, my youngest twin, she's like 20 minutes youngest, she said, oh, da oh Daddy, I, f I found a toy. It's twins. Come and look at this. And she picked up this, this packet of two figures. It was the twins from The Shining. And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're not getting that put up. Put no, that I love that, that though. That's so great. Oh, no, yeah. you should have bought them for her, really. Because it sounds like she's got quite good taste. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, you know, if she likes that film, certainly when she sees it later in life. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, we, we I can't I can't remember what the question was. Um, no, I, th I think that, that I always felt that um, Swarm and Azure were were you know they they were brother and sister. But it was, oh yes, but they're brother. It, and sister, it was yeah. weird, you know, and and yeah, it was certainly weird. Quite, yeah. How, mm. how close they were, you know. Um, and some things, yeah. you know, were certainly in Chris Chibnall's head and uh, we just did it, 
you know and yeah. uh, and and if he if he wanted something well then you just have to kind of he knew the story on what was about mm. to happen better than anyone yes so it was all in chris's head and i kind of feel yeah. um i i kind of feel yeah sometimes you just do stuff because he might know that that related yeah. to this bit of the story that was coming mm. two episodes mm. later and all the rest of it you know and they're kind of the relationship yeah. with those two whether they were brother or sister or not was kind of part of his kind of imagination his grand design his grand yeah. exactly yeah. that's it that's I, a I better kinda, phrase yeah yeah i i, I kind of thought because because it's like um swarm and azure are kind of anthropomorphized agents of some kind of cosmic force isn't it you know they represent time i think in, exactly. the, in the narrative which is quite a exactly. high concept kind of thing and yet they're given human form so they're created from yeah. something they don't necessarily yeah. always have a human body but swarm is no. like the doctor eons really. in this yeah exactly well, yeah, like that the eternal and, yeah yeah yeah, it was, yeah, it's a really great high concept stuff, and I, I just, honestly, I loved it. Like so many other fans, it was, it's such a unique villain to have mm. in in the show. Well, you and see, the do you think he dies at the end of it? Do you think Swarm I, dies? I think at the not. End of one of my questions was, are, are we going to see you again um, in in the show, or, or would you do Big Finish? But no, I, I don't think he died. No, I, I think he wanted, yeah, like Paul said, an ascension to something else you know an, another form perhaps or you know a, a, yeah. a different uh plane what, what do you think paul yeah exactly that jeff it, it, it's it's <laughs> i was watching it i was watching it again quite recently and you get that scene in the end isn't it where that so you get like uh, like old father time who who looks again like swarm mm. sort of dishing out yes. some kind of uh, justice for failure and swarm yes. himself seems kind of um, almost in in enraptured yeah. to receive the punishment like as if there's a test and whether the swarm whether swarm has failed or passed the test it doesn't matter it's it's getting to that point in the test and moving on mm. and and and, and azure looks at it as ascension and she's yeah. delighted to be part of it yeah. so again it's like for me it's like we've got unknowable forces at work we have good and evil we have time and space those things that i think swarm says it at one point you know doctor we do the dance again as if to say that it's like a cosmic game that just goes on and on throughout eternity yeah, yeah I, I love all that kind of stuff might not be quite what was intended but sor and my brain took it no <laughs> yeah right. i mean Anyways. yeah but apparently someone told me also that no yeah. one really dies on Doctor Who. You know, that's no. why you've had recurring villains over decades. Yeah. This you is know, true. That, um, yeah. The Master uh, has died so, countless times and always comes back. Well, it's, so. it's exactly. Fiction, so there may be this hope for Swarm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, what was it like working with Jodie and, and Mandip and, and John and, and the rest of the, the main cast? Um, yeah, really great. Um, uh Everyone was really good. I think Jodie, one of her great strengths is that she really um, knew how to lead from the front. And uh, and that was certainly um, in terms of the actors, but, but possibly even more so in terms of the rest of the crew, of which there are many more, you know. So I think she was just really good at... Um, uh, keeping everyone buoyant over a long period, yeah. a long shoot, yeah. you know, yeah, how long was and the shoot? Uh, well, months. I, I mean, I can't remember. Yeah. It just went on 
and months and months, you know, yeah. and um, and and that's the same for every. And it was probably, you know, for every season, it's months. I think it's nine months yeah. of the year or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. which is a really, really long time for a crew to be yeah. together. And um, I think she, you know, she would organise competitions. She'd have people's <laughs> birthdays were all celebrated. You know, she she would have people kind of dressing up in that person's birthdays clothes yeah. you know so everyone was looking <laughs> like that brilliant. person for yeah. a day it was like um she she was kind of had limitless energy in terms of kind of yeah, yeah just keeping people going and entertained and um having fun and uh that was i thought that was really um a, a kind of sh a really good thing to have done yeah. and yeah. but and mandit the same you know she's um She's just she's just a gorgeous personality, Mandit. You know, very talented, and uh, and John then is just kind of was bringing up the rear, kind of. You know, he's he's <laughs> um, he's hasn't done loads of acting, so I think no, he was yeah. always interested to see other people what they were doing and how they go about their work. And then also he's just um really nice chap, you know, who's got some really good stories, is very funny, and uh, so it was very easy with the actors and. Mm. Um, and you know, I had to work most closely with Rashenda, who I love, and um, she, um, Rashenda Sandal, who plays as you, who, um, <laughs> who, uh, yeah, no, she's a, a brilliant kind of force of nature personality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also working loads. She's in all kinds of stuff, doing all kinds of interesting things. And I first met her briefly on a mm. Steve McQueen directed. Um, uh, small acts for the BBC, and we were in yeah, um, yeah. we were in Mangrove. So, um, so yeah, it was uh, it was a joy from that perspective, and and loads of the crew as well. You know, again, like especially our makeup, um, mm. our prosthetics people, they were just incredible. You know, their spirit and and skill just keep us going. You know, yeah. That's, that's so good to hear. We, you know, that's what everyone mm. that we spoke to has said, mm. isn't it, Paul? And yeah, you know, like we're, the atmosphere. yeah, we're we're both as as many others are huge fans of this era, and you know, it's it's uh, you know, Jody's time is ending soon, which which is you know, is heartbreaking. <laughs> you know, yeah. Have they we're, picked we're, a new doctor? And no, well, there's lots of rumours, isn't there? The latest <laughs> yeah. was uh, Hugh Grant over the weekend. Oh, that's um, right, yeah. Hugh Grant, know. wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that would be um, quite a doctor. That would be yeah, an he, acerbic, cynical, yes. uh, but, you know, nonetheless charming doctor, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I, I think the uh, announcement of who's next must be imminent uh, as I hope they hang on to it for as long as possible I, I honestly yeah. it'd be so good if we didn't know who the new doctor was going to be until they actually appeared on screen mm. it's probably unlikely yeah. to happen in this day and age but it would be fabulous if they did if we just yeah. didn't know imagine surprise, I know. that would be mega everything. yeah it really would that'd be yeah. so great I, I can't yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine they'd get away with it but you never know Chris, you know Chris kept yeah. huge amount of secrets on his uh, ear of the show so you know maybe that will carry on so um, yeah. let's um, we we might come back to some stuff about Swarm, but um, you you did a comic con recently, uh, I think, didn't you, Sam? And met some fans. Mm. Was that was that your first one? And how was that? That was the first time I'd done something like that, and it was oh, wow. uh, really great, actually. I um, really because I found um, fans of Doctor Who such an interesting bunch. I feel like it's created a a space. Um, 
a kind of almost uh, a space for people to inhabit who mm. um, sometimes um, aren't as successful in more conventional spaces, you know, and there is a kind of, it's a like, I, and I mean this in a really, I just found people's ideas, their creativity, mm. um, their strength of personality, um, able to shine um, around the rest of the Hoovians. And I thought it was just great, you know, I just, yeah. and, and also the really interesting takes on on the show stuff that i had no idea existed about the kind of discussions <laughs> that were happening around it discussions of not just of um you know storyline and and mm. concepts and what people um you know represented in terms of the threat to the doctor and to the world as we know it but also about conversations about sexuality as well you mm. know all kinds of stuff that was happening that I, I thought um, was pretty progressive, actually. Yeah. And so I thought that's an interesting space, a kind of sci-fi space supporting really kind of progressive notions of um, of gender and sexuality and, uh, you know, and, and allowing people's creativity to kind of have no bounds, yeah. um, mm-hmm. whether they're a woman or a man, gay or straight or whatever. And I just thought it was yeah. just... It was it felt like a really healthy group of people to be associated with, so I loved it. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so you mentioned uh, Liam Neeson earlier. So t- tell us about working on Taken Three and and um, working with him. And does does doing a film like that and, and like uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, do, what, what sort of effect does that have on your career? Um, I don't know whether it has much of an effect. I mean, I think. On the whole, my acting life has been kind of um, successful in the sense that I work, mm. you know, mm. and that's that's felt unbelievably lucky to be able to yeah. kind of um, support a family and pay my mortgage on acting. Because in my 20s, when I didn't work much, I yeah. used to have all kinds of jobs. And from bar work to painter decorating, working in galleries, I did lots of legal work. You know, I, I, I delivered meat. You know, I did, I did delivered so meat. many different jobs. Yeah, I did so many different jobs. And yeah. um, and uh, so to just earn ha- um, a living through acting feels really mm. lucky. Yeah. Um, but you get big jobs sometimes and um, they do push things along, but rarely do they kind of break it wide open so you're just Mm -hmm. going you've got choice 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 you know the majority of us we're just doing stuff and hoping that it um cements us as as working actors you know cements our place of actors that are good and who can be trusted to turn up and do the job yeah um yeah you know having learned their lines and all the rest of it but (laughs) uh but you know you do that's not to say i don't hope that there is a job that kind of really cracks it open, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, like that does a, you know, like Olivia Coleman doing the favorite, and suddenly, yeah, the the it, it, there are so many parts on offer to her, yeah. you know, that she can really yeah. kind of pick a path of doing great job to great job to great job, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's 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 what I'm hoping to do as well. It doesn't have to be on that scale, but 
to even get close mm. to that would be lovely. And that's what taking it's three the, kind of it just ups your profile a little bit. But really, yeah, yes. Taken Three is a funny film, you know. I mean, it's like you know, it. it's a silly it's film. Yeah. And I, I mean, I had such a good time making it, but it's it's yeah. not the kind of art art house stuff that I really like doing. That's kind of more <laughs> right, my thing. Yeah. But you know, I was walking around in my pants firing a machine gun. What's not to like? <laughs> I mean, that's, what else yeah, do you need in the, life? That's the dream. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's one of the bucket list, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting what you say there, Sam, because you know I, I run a video company, and you know, and, and I've worked with with actors and a lot of bands as well. I used to do a lot of music video work, and I think yeah. to be able to make a career out of your chosen profession, where you can support a family and pay the mortgage and feed yourself, etc., that's kind of you know to an extent that's the dream you know and if and if you get to go and play at Wembley with your band brilliant or if you, if you get to yeah. direct for TV awesome but you know f- for me you know I, I love doing what I do mm. and, and you know making that work and, and have been for almost 20 years now and every day you wake up and you don't know what phone call is going to come in or what email and, and like you were saying something yeah. might happen that, that changes everything and if yeah. it does fantastic if it doesn't i'm happy you know yeah, I yeah you know and so i think um you know for anyone pursuing similar paths you know to to be able to make it work successfully as a as a career you know that's that's kind of the the end but then other stuff life, comes you know? yeah no absolutely but then other stuff turns out doesn't it? you start having mm. kids you know you've got a partner yeah. who's also work yeah. whose job yeah. needs to be kind of considered you know it's not just you anymore so yeah. it, it's hard to it's actually hard to maintain ambition but actually uh there is i still am ambitious mm-hmm. uh but um part of that ambition is just um really doing good work you know and yeah, working with yeah. good writers and of course you'll have fun on doctor who or taken three or whatever you know um and that's just a that's a real bonus but um but i you know there's work i love which i want to be associated with like i don't know likes of filmmakers like michael haneke who are making kind of very austere but um brilliant work i think you know that i also want to be part of as well so out of all of your roles what what's the one that's challenged you most and has been most rewarding um that is a big question because i always kind of forget what i've done (laughs) but um i suppose um i played is i'm going back to theater so i played iago Mm. At the Globe, oh yes, uh, in a production of Othello, and um, that was—I mean, it's the biggest part in Shakespeare, and uh, I hadn't done—I—I had only done one other Shakespeare, which was Othello again. But I played another yeah. part. I played right. Rodrigo to Andy Circus's uh, um, Iago, but yeah. um, but this time I was playing Iago myself, and uh, yeah, huge part. And it was really um, challenging and just yeah. not only to learn all the lines, but mm. also to 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 play Shakespeare was a challenge yes, for me. Yeah. Um, and he's also a kind of crazy character, narcissist, psychopath, yeah. liar, child. You know, there's all, there's all these kind of, um, yeah, yeah. So... Um, 
bit so like Swarm, you might say, was, in some ways. <laughs> a bit, but but not as actually not as Machiavellian. I played yeah, it yeah. like he was more of a child. You know, he just start, oh, started the ball yeah. rolling and then couldn't stop it. Mm. And um, and uh, so there was that uh, for theatre. Certainly was um, an unbelievable challenge. I think you know um, I did. Uh, uh, I played um, a really great part in a BBC show that came out last year called um, The North Water. And, um, and that was, we filmed in the Arctic. And wow. so the physical challenge of that was really yeah. uh, difficult, very, yeah. very cold. Um, you know, the ice sheets that we were filming on moving yeah. all the time, uh, oh. wildlife, polar bears, walruses, you know, just it, it was all there, which made for an yeah. unbelievably exciting shoot. But it was also really <laughs> difficult. And the part itself also, he was um, he was a very troubled soul and uh, yeah, really kind of struggled to do the right thing by anyone, uh, including himself. And um, so, yeah, that was also a big challenge, which I loved, actually, because most of my scenes I was working opposite Colin Farrell. And um, yeah. if anyone gets the chance to work with him, do, because it was a complete dream. Brilliant. Um, yeah, it's quite varied, isn't it, York? You've done it, a lot it, it really, of very it, yeah. different things and, you know, it's um, a lot of variety. I know. Well, I, 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 no one knows what I've been in, but they all know that they know my face. And that's yeah. quite funny. <laughs> and the know, voice as well. Yeah, the voices still give me like, chills, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Well, quite often people, I'll, I'll meet them and they go, "Oh, we've met yeah. before." And I go, "No, we haven't." And uh, but, <laughs> but you um, have heard me in your dreams. I popped up in lots of yes, yeah. but I popped up in lots of different things. You know, yeah. so um, yeah. So there's a question from Lydia Heather Alice on Twitter here. So um, this Ooh. goes back to something you you mentioned earlier about. And like playing the role of a lover or something so what sort of mm. role would you love to do that you haven't yet um oh it's such a, i mean i don't i yeah i don't have any specific roles but i get interested in stuff so mm. i was really pleased to do doubts because i really wanted to play someone religious right. and obviously i was playing the priest in yeah. in that show um uh i i quite like to stick with religion i think it's what i it's also i i suppose i was talking to monica dolan when i was working with her it was really interesting because we were yeah. discussing you know we often play baddies or or kind of wrong ones but it's also mm. i want to play people who are different to me so yeah. mm. um not not massively different necessarily but i i just want to play people who for instance i'm left wing but I quite like to play people who are right wing. I'm uh, a Remainer. I quite like yeah. to play more people who are into Brexit. You know, so because part of part yeah. of um, acting is really kind of um, getting to know how we tick, mm. what humanity yeah, understanding is, understanding other people, and yeah. yes, exactly, all that, and and playing other characters really does kind of engender that uh, empathy. Mm. You know, and uh, and so I just I, to play people different to me is great because I get to understand more about mm. who we are as people. Yeah, yeah, the world. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, uh, Paul, you might have a, a couple of questions. As well, I've got um, 
two uh, that I'd like to ask you. So one is from our friend Cal Bear Creates on Twitter. Uh, that's a, an artist named Millie McKenzie. She she makes these uh, clay models of Doctor Who characters. Um, oh, okay. she's a fabulous yeah. swarm in Azure. Her, her swarm is brilliant. I'll, I'll send a picture really to to your agent. He, he can please do. Um, That'd be amazing. She says, "What went through what went through your head when you first saw yourself in prosthetics and is swarm in love with the Doctor?" Um. I, yeah, I can say all this. <laughs> I can answer all that. So um, it was amazing when I saw it, cause, but most of all, it was just experimenting with what movement the prosthetics would allow. Yeah. And when I saw that I could, you know, I could do, just looking in the mirror, certain angles made the, the skull, the whole thing mm -hmm. look fr more frightening, or I could do yes. stuff with my mouth put my head at a certain angle and I go, oh, that's good. You know, so that was really enjoyable, just playing around with what was on offer, yeah. essentially. And was I in love with the Doctor? I certainly played it that there was deep attraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I but thought, not in a conventional uh, sense, perhaps. Yeah. Who knows? I just thought, mm. I thought there was definitely... Um, uh, for me, I, definitely not for Jody, I'm sure, but for me, a deep sexual attraction. <laughs> yeah, How's and, that? A, and a fascination with her, yeah. Um, exactly, yeah. There is that, yeah. Because yeah. Swan goes out of his way to, to, to upset her, you know, yeah. to throw things, to challenge her and, and exactly. really sort of it's, disrupt it's kind of what in, she thinks. In a conventional it? sense, it's kind of aggressive flirting, isn't it? There you go. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. So th maybe that was a subtitle instead of flux. Originally, it was uh, in Chris's mind. It was like Doctor Who aggressive flirting. Now nah, yeah, scrub that exactly. one. Let's call flux instead. Yeah. Yeah. It will be a it will be a chapter in his book. How's that? Yeah. yeah. yeah working yeah. title. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fabulous. So I mean, the only the only question I've I've got really is um, is really just to ask. Um, well, what's next on the horizon mm. for you, Sam? Um, I am. I'm about to fly to Patagonia actually to do Ooh. a film with a Chilean director and yeah. uh, it's a very low budget, but we're going to be yeah filming there, which will be really exciting. And I'm playing a kind of heart of darkness kind of character, a Colonel who's oh. a British Colonel yeah. at the turn of the 20th century, who's found his way there and isn't going back and the rules oh. have changed in his mind the horror, and, um, the horror. he's yes exactly he's quite yeah. he's quite a crazy guy and it's really about the land clearing in south america um mm. for sheep rearing and oh. so lots of natives were cleared off their land there and um to allow for kind of colonial powers to um mm. raise sheep on those lands and then after that i'm doing something called Gold, which is a BBC series. Um, okay. You almost which... sang that, I think. Yes, no, I know. I, I don't. You always <laughs> want to. That's that shows your age there. But um, does yeah, so. Uh, yeah. Um, but not so, as young as I look. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know how much I can speak about, so I'm not going to. But it is going to be an exciting series, I think, right. and it's set in the 80s. Oh, oh okay. yeah, right. perfect. So, I'm going to looking for. I'm be looking yeah, forward to that one. That sounds good. Definitely good. Look at that. Fantastic. Good, good, good. I, I've got one more question that came from uh, someone called The Banshee on Gallifrey Base, and <laughs> they just the asked Banshee. Blur or Oasis? <laughs> I didn't think you were going to ask Oh my that God. <laughs> um, I think it's essentially got to be Oasis. Really? 
Oh. I know. I'm I... sorry. I'm sorry, but I thought I think they made the better songs. Yeah, I, I, I like both. To be honest, I, I couldn't choose between yeah. either. Blue. Well, I mean, it was an it was an awe situation. So listen, yeah, I've this stood, is true. I've yeah. stepped up, given my answer. I, I um, I applaud you for that, Sam. You, you braved yeah. that one out. Yeah. Well done, mate. Yeah. I'm I too weak liked, for that. Um, no, Noel's Oasis songs more than Liam's for me. Okay, yeah, yeah fair dues, <laughs> Well, Sam, we should probably let you go. Um, as, as no, you, no doubt you've got a busy yes. day, but this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us and um, on Who Corner to Corner podcast. Yeah, um, and to everyone, who, 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 we had so many questions come in that, that we could we had have... Millions! Checked. Yeah, we Literally really oh, millions, well, and we had to we, pick well, 12 out of that. Yeah, we could well, have talked you know, for, that for that hours, was, but... Um, it was really good talking to you. It was really good to kind of, again, feel the enthusiasm of, of the Who world, you know. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me on, and I'll see you soon. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Thank Love you, Sam. Really appreciate your time. Soon. Very thanks best lot, wishes yes. for everything you do next. Take care. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.